Welcome to Acknowledge Dogs Podcast. It's Thursday, which means it is Theory Thursdays on Acknowledge Dogs Podcast. We're going to jump into and deep dive the complexities of dog training theories. Enjoy the show. Today's theory, or you could say today's complex discussion, will be on the ABC Triangle. Okay, the ABC Triangle. I first heard, I was reading a self-help book. Okay, it had nothing to do with dogs. I was reading a self-help book and I saw it and it was under some other thing. It was Q, Habit, something like that. But um, I really started to develop it, or not develop it, but really started to understand it in college when I was learning about dogs. And we had gone over the ABC Triangle. Now, if you were unfamiliar with the ABC Triangle, I'll tell you what it is. That's what the point of this podcast is, isn't it? The ABC Triangle stands for Antecedent Behavior Consequence. Some individuals like to say Antecedent Behavior Cookie because consequence brings along some bad notions. So let's start with consequence. Okay, we'll work our way backward. We'll back chain, which we'll talk about in another episode. But we'll talk about consequence first. Consequence is just a result of a behavior. Okay, did it get punished or did it get reinforced? Sounds super simple, right? But what we need to do is determine, in most cases, what we need to do is determine what consequence is happening as a result of the behavior. Right? Most people say, oh, well, just don't reinforce the behavior, it'll go away, and that goes into an extinction. Oh, don't reinforce that. You know, don't reinforce the jumping. The jumping will stop. Don't reinforce going up on the counter, right? Don't leave anything on the counter and the dog won't get reinforced for it and then it'll stop. Okay, so what's getting reinforced? What's getting punished? That's what we need to determine first. So if you have a problem behavior, you need to determine what's reinforcing this problem behavior. Let me just break it down. Okay, so let's say it is ignoring you at the dog, par- the dog park or at least that's how you would word it, right? Oh, my dog ignores me at the dog park but it listens everywhere else. Well, what he's learned is that going to you, right, the consequence is you leave the dog park. That would be punishing to the dog. So why would they want to go towards you if they're going to get punished by leaving the dog park? Instead, you'd want to say, okay, well, when they get to me, I'm going to reward them by letting them play again. And then eventually we'll put the leash on and we will leave. But if more often than not, they get to go back and they get to enjoy playing, then why wouldn't they want to do that all the time? Oh, I love going to mom because then she sends me back to go play. And I get a treat from her. Or I get love, or I get praise, whatever it is. So the more often we do that, the more reliable our dog will be when we recall them to leave the park. So that's a consequence. Okay, well, let's say. So that was rewarding and punishment. Let's do another example. Let's see. Hmm. Let's say walking next to you. Okay, what's reinforcing? Continuing the walk. Punishing would be stopping the walk, right? But let's say your dog does not actually want to walk. They'd much rather go home. They're a lazy dog. But everyone keeps saying, oh, well, when we stop, that's punishment. And when we go forward, that's rewarding. Not every dog is built the same. Some dogs just want to go home. Okay? So if your dog wants to go home and you keep stopping or you keep turning around and walking towards home, they think they're getting reinforced. And you're going to get frustrated because you have 
this other idea in your brain as to what they should be doing. And instead, they want to do the other things. So now you guys aren't even on the same page. You're trying to punish and reward something that they want rewarded and punished. <laughs> okay? They're backwards, and you're backwards, according to them. So you got to get on the right page. Determine what's rewarding and what's punishing for your dog. Simply put, if you reward them, it should increase the likelihood of the behavior happening. It shouldn't, it shouldn't seem like it's not working. It should work. And if you're punishing, then it should decrease the likelihood of the behavior happening. If it's not decreasing the likelihood, and it's actually increasing the likelihood, then you're rewarding instead of punishing. Okay, now if that was confusing, I'll break it down a little further. Basically, if I gave my dog a cookie, a treat, they should do that behavior again. But, if they would much rather run around and I keep interrupting them by giving them a cookie, and they stop doing the behavior more, then I'm not rewarding them properly. Okay, I'm actually inhibiting them from getting the reward of running around, because that's what they want. Okay, so they should do the behavior more if I have the right reinforcement. If I'm not rewarding the right thing, according to the learner, right, according to the dog, it's not me. I don't decide what the dog wants. The dog decides what the dog wants. Okay, the dog decides they want, I don't know, ice cream. Well, if you got ice cream and you can give it to the dog, right, it's doggy ice cream, then give it to the dog. That's what they determine reinforcement is. Okay, so I think we've beaten consequence to death. Now let's take one step back further and go to behavior. Okay, so behavior is a result of the antecedent, which we will jump into the antecedent. But the behavior is super important because the behavior is the thing that you have the most control over. Okay, people don't tell you this, but behavior is what you have the most control over. People say you have the consequence is what you have the most control over, which is not true. The behavior is. You can replace that behavior anytime you want. Okay, it's super powerful. You can replace that behavior anytime you want. You want something else to happen? Teach a different behavior. Right? Dogs jumping up on people coming into the house. Well, consequence would say, don't reward the dog for jumping. Don't reward the dog for jumping. Punish the dog for jumping. Or, hear me out here. Okay, hear me out. You switch the behavior. So instead of the dog jumping, we now just teach the dog to sit. And you make it such a strong sit with such strict contingencies on it that they have no other choice but to sit. Right? Jumping's not going to get reinforced, but the sit will. And if the sit gets reinforced then it's going to stay in play. It's going to be the the choice, the behavior of choice. Your dog's going to go, okay, well, I'm, not, I'm clearly not getting reinforced for jumping, but I will get reinforced for sitting. So let me do sitting more. Let me do more of the thing that's getting reinforced. That's the whole point, right? But if you don't teach that, then your dog isn't going to be thinking about it. Okay, if you don't teach the behavior you want your dog to do, they don't know what you want them to do. Sure, they could guess and get it right, and then that great, we could reward that. But we can do it so much faster by teaching them the behavior itself. Then jumping to the next step, which would be the antecedent. An antecedent 
you have control over in terms of management, as well as teaching the antecedent to the behavior. Now, the antecedent is just a fancy word for the cue or the stimulus or whatever elicits a behavior. Okay, so your phone ringing elicits the behavior for you to pick it up and check. Your behavior, right, looking at the phone, maybe turning it on, uh, opening it, right, so answering the phone call or not answering the phone call would be a consequence. So if your phone rang, that's the antecedent, the behavior is to pick it up, look at it, and now if you if you open it and it's an enjoyable conversation, you were reinforced for responding to your phone. If you open it and it's a telemarketer, okay, or spam, you're going to close it, right? You're going to end the conversation and you got punished for answering your phone, especially if you hate your phone and you, you just get annoyed every time somebody calls you. That's punishing. So more often than not, your brain is going to block out this antecedent because they don't want to get punished. Mm, right? You're not going to hear your phone go off because you'd much rather not have to deal with the punishment that comes from answering your phone. However, if every time your phone went off, it's your mother calling because she really wants to talk to you and she has something excited to tell you and you love talking to your mother, because everybody should love talking to their mother, you love talking to your mother, then you're going to be reinforced for answering the phone. Boom. There you go. There's the ABC right there. Okay. Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. So when we go back to our example about, let's say, the dog jumping up on people that come in the house, the first antecedent is your dog realizing there's people outside. Okay? Once your dog realizes that, you need to change their behavior. So if their behavior is to get overly excited and start jumping, you need to change it to sit. So if they already have a good sit, antecedent gets presented, you now tell them sit, they will sit down, and then they get rewarded by people coming in, or by treats, or whatever it is, whatever they find reinforcing, right? So what the dog knows least comes first in this scenario. So in this case, it would be the antecedent of the people. They know the routine of sit, I put my butt down, I get reinforced. So in this case, we're saying, okay, we're going to add in another cue, which just happens to be the people. People come in, I say sit, dog puts its butt down, mark reward. Super, super simple. Repeat this process over and over and over again, and then remove the word sit. People come up to the door, you wait for a second, your dog starts to think about sitting, right, because they can cheat. Dogs are great cheaters. So they start to sit, you mark and reward right away. The second you mark and reward, great, now we are on the right path. <clears throat> Excuse me. They might not have even gotten down to the full sit, but they're starting to respond to the cue, the new cue, the antecedent. So we want to mark that and reward it super heavily. 
Now, how do we control antecedents? That's where management comes in. Okay. Now, management is when you control the antecedent to limit the bad behaviors that happen. So in this case, if we can't control our dog for the overexcitement, we might put them in a crate. We might remove them from the scenario altogether. If your dog is dog reactive, meaning when you go for walks and they see another dog, your dog will absolutely lose it, then you would not want to go in an area where there's a lot of dogs. Okay, so you might want to go to a calmer area. You go to a place where you know there's not going to be dogs at that time. I knew an individual that used to go for a walk at 4 o'clock in the morning because that's the only time his dog could go out without losing its brain. We worked through it and eventually was able to go out a little later. right? But you have to control these triggers, this stimulus, this excitement, if you're trying to make progress quickly. Sure, you could just, you know, cause problems here and there, and you're not going to get through the process as quickly as you would like. It's going to take you longer to get the results that you want simply because you did not control the trigger, the antecedent. And this is why it's so important, okay? I'll tell you why it's so important. It's so important because if the antecedent and the behavior and the consequence all go in a straight line, there's only two real places that we can break that up. After the antecedent, break up to the behavior, or after the behavior, break up to the consequence. So you can either not reward the behavior, or you can interrupt the antecedent and the behavior. So you either stop them from doing the behavior after they've been presented with the antecedent, or you stop the antecedent from being presented. That's the only thing that you can do besides changing the behavior, okay? So if your dog sees another dog far off in the distance and it reacts, you have a couple different options. You could interrupt the dog from reacting after seeing the other dog, which isn't going to work in most cases. It might appear like it's working, but it's not working long term. Okay, so your dog's going to stop the behavior for that moment, but the next time it's presented with this cue, it's going to go back to its traditional ABC, antecedent behavior consequence. It's not going to realize because you have not interrupted and you have not taught something different. I'm sorry, you have interrupted. You've interrupted the sequence. You broke the chain. So now that stimulus still means something and there's still a behavior and a consequence in place. Okay, if they're fearful and they want that dog to go away, dog comes up, they do their behavior, and now that dog leaves just naturally, then you haven't done anything. The dog has completely done the ABC triangle on its own. It's a self-reinforcing behavior. So why does controlling the trigger matter so much? If you can't control the ABC, it's going to be a self-reinforcing behavior. I'll say it again. If you can't control the antecedent, you can't control the ABC, and it's a self-reinforcing behavior in some cases. So that means that reactive dog, it's going to react, and if you're not at a point where you can redirect it and bring it back and get it focused on you, then it's going to perform its behavior, that dog is going to leave, and now it got rewarded, and there's a consequence. So that repeats over and over and over again. Okay. Now you could say that the antecedent has to be present 
in order to train the behavior and the consequence, which you are absolutely correct, which is why management only gets you so far. Management and controlling the antecedent only stops you from having to deal with the behavior for that time. Okay, so if you can put your dog in the car or behind another car when a dog is going by, you don't have to deal with that scenario that time, but you will next time. Okay, now training, if you do training every single day and you can control the stimulus, the antecedent, you'll see a lot more progress. As long as you control the other times when you can't control things. Okay, so let's say you were going to work on a football field with your dog and you're at 50 yards. Okay, the stimulus is 50 yards away. And this is where your dog can work at. Any closer your dog loses it. But this is where your dog can work at. You can control the presentation of the stimulus, getting a good behavior, and then rewarding that behavior highly. That is how it should work. And then you present the stimulus slightly closer, and you present the stimulus slightly closer, and slightly closer, slightly closer, until you can get to your desired result, whatever that may be. Now, if you have random walks, and your dog sees another dog outside of that training scenario, and it's closer than 50 yards, and it loses its brain, now you have a dog that knows the difference between training and not training, which I've seen very, very often. Okay, if you have a dog that knows the difference, you're, you're, you're going to prolong your training. It's just a matter of fact. Because now you have to teach them it's not different, it's exactly the same. Which is tough when you cannot control the other stimulus, right? If you can't control the other stimulus, how can you have repetition after repetition after repetition? Right? You have to set up scenarios in every environment. You have to set up scenarios in every environment in order to have a strong reinforcement history under all of these different scenarios to ensure consistency. If you don't have consistency, your dog knows the difference. Okay? If sometimes they react and sometimes they don't, they know the difference. So make sure you're out there practicing in all these different places. Making sure that your dog is making the connection between responding to this antecedent in the behavior you like and rewarding accordingly. That's it for today. ABC Triangle Antecedent Behavior Consequence. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you think family or friends would benefit from what you heard today on Acknowledged Dogs, please share it with them. You can post it on Facebook. We are also on every social media platform, so make sure you tag us, Matador Canine. You can also head over to Matador Canine and schedule a free consultation to talk about coaching and reaching the goals with your dog and those problem behaviors. Reach the goals that you want and have the dog that always listens. Thank you.